Welcome to the All Nations Aurora podcast, where you will find family, discover purpose, and change the world. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will speak directly to your life through this message. It's an honor and a privilege to be with you today. Um, it, 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 it truly, 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 truly is uh, to be here in a different capacity. So a lot of people may be looking like, you know, it's the new thing now for singers to become pastors and, you know, lead churches. And, but I, I, I did start singing very early, but also started preaching very early as well. Uh, I don't recommend it. Yeah, I recommend you live out your teenage years and your early 20s, even 30s, dare I say, uh, before really settling in on what God has called you to do. Now, I'm not saying procrastinate, uh, but I am saying uh, mature. <laughs> That's a word all by itself. Mature. Uh, you can be sincere and still be drinking milk. But we want to we desire the sincere things of God and grow up in God as well, right? So, honored to be here at All Nations Aurora. Uh, thank you, Pastor Talon. Uh, thank you, Pastor Ty, in her absence. Um, see, I didn't even call a twin, Pastor Ty. It's real easy to do, but I'm so glad to be here with you. To the worship team, uh, what a great, listen, I'm so proud. Uh, I don't want to get distracted. Um, so proud. So to all of you God's children, can we celebrate today just by saying thank you, Jesus. All right. We're going to jump in and in the flow. Uh, I did get to watch last week, uh, as was my homework, to make sure that I stayed in the flow while we in this series in the flow. Uh, you can keep going for a little bit longer. Uh, my brother Brandon, love you, man. Um, and, and what I observed last week was the beginning of something very powerful. The problem is most of us don't realize that it's our responsibility still, right? This won't be the last time you preach on a series in worship, um, but it's very pivotal to have it foundationally done very early on so that way you know you shouldn't come to the Lord's house expecting something of them that you don't expect of yourself. We done started preaching already, just in case you... The hardest thing that ever we have done to this New Day church is give them the power that God gave us. Now, do we need pastors and teachers and apostles and preachers and evangelists? Yes. Yes, we need them to do their assignment. But we don't need them to get to God. I'm going to say that again, because some of y'all think I'm up here, you know, talking down or being uh, heretical even. The, the difference is knowing that I need a pastor, teacher, apostle, preacher, evangelist, bishop. I, I need them to fulfill their assignment in the earth. But I don't need them to get to God. And when I stop putting the onus on them to help me get to God, then I come entering into his gates with, and his courts with. Now the onus is on me. So if I could challenge you, even before we jump in real heavily, 
make sure that the onus is on you as you enter in so that all nations aurora will become everything you thought it could be even when they're not present let's let that marinate for a second in the flow in the flow we're in genesis chapter 22 of course the worship team should not be surprised uh, those that are watching my, my wife could not be here with me today. She works on Sundays. Uh, she will soon be delivered um, from that job. Amen. 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 Uh, and she'll be free to travel. My bug is with me. She's uh, uh, not with me because she's got her own entourage in Children's Church. So um, she's doing her thing over there. And actually, when she found out I was coming today, she said, to the church in Aurora, I said, yes, oh, oh, I can go with you. Her schedule freed up. <laughs> Just for the record. It's not normally free on Sundays, but uh, it was free today. Genesis chapter 22, I'm going to read verses 1 through 9, okay? Um, 1 through 9, and I'm going to stick with this house as, as he teaches from mostly from the New King James Version. I may jump back and forth to the King James Version just a little bit. Um, the wording is just a little, uh, it's just a little different. So we'll, we'll jump in, okay? Verse, verse one. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I, I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took the two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. I thought he only brought the two boys, his son, the donkey himself. Who's the lad? Parenthetically, sometimes you have to disassociate yourself with who you're connected to by blood to fulfill an assignment given by God. Who in your bloodline is keeping you from doing what God has told you to do? Oh, but I love them. Pastor just talked about love last week and I know, you know, God, go, he gonna let me. Mm, is he? Or is his grace abounding? that you might finally get the lesson. That's another sermon. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together. They went where? They went where? But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father, and he said, here I am, my son. 
Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for his himself. King James Version says, God will provide himself. A little foreshadowing. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went where? Where'd they go? Ooh, I hope y'all catching what. Then there came to the place, then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Verse 10, and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. When we start this chapter, uh, the beginning of this, um, the way I study the Bible for my own personal edification is I like to ask God a lot of questions. Now, I know, I know, I know there's some senior saints in here, and we've been traditionally taught that how dare you question God. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, I, I'm here to, to kind of dispel that myth because if God cannot handle my questions, then he is not God. Now, the problem is we don't like what he normally responds to our questions. What did he say to Job? Where were you? Huh? Now, now I know, I know, Grammatically, it's not appropriate to answer a question with a question. But when you are God who knows all, is all, and is around all, then a lot of times your questions is enough to give me my answer because my answer is different from your answer and your answer and your answer. And how I interpret the question is enough. So the first thing that comes to mind as I read verse 1 and after these things, what's the question you should be asking after you read that? Somebody say it. What things? What things? That's great. Great question. I'm so glad y'all asked. Well, here's a quick tip. Verse, verse 1 says, uh, when we started verse 1, it says, and it came to pass, right? So that means in chapter 22, there's something in chapter 21 that continues the conversation in 22, right? So we go back to 21 and look at verse 1 of 21. And it says, and the Lord visited Sarah. Well, that means I got something in 20 that compounds or stacks on top of what happened in 21 that gets me to 22. So in chapter 20, it says, uh, and Abraham journeyed. Oh, I got another and to begin that chapter. So now I got to go all the way up to, to chapter 19, right? Now we got 19, 20, 21, 22. 19 says, and there came, how many? Two angels. Is it up on the screen? There it is, uh-huh, all right. Y'all getting nervous? How many angels was it? Okay, you can't get it wrong. If it's an angel present, I'm glad about it. And, but it starts with the and, right? So we're still stacking on pawn. After, and after these things, the question we asked was, what things? So now we're stacking on figuring out what these things are, right? Uh, 19, and there came two angels. 18, and the Lord appeared. 
Let's go to 17. And when Abram, let's go to 16. Now Sarai. Now we'll stick a pin. Now, if we wanted to get fancy, we could, we could try to decide if that now was the right transliteration. We could. And if we did, we'd go on a little further and figure out that 15 is when God establishes the covenant with Abraham and his descendants. 14 is when Abraham rescues Lot from the valley of Siddim. Sidom, I'm sorry. And 13 is where Abraham and Lot split. 12 is where Abraham lies to Pharaoh about Sarai being his wife. And, and 11 is where Abraham is actually, I'm sorry, Abram is actually introduced into the canon as the son of Terah, a descendant of Shem. But I got to 16 and it didn't say and, it said now. So for our particular pericope, huh? uh, that was for pastor, sorry. Um, we'll, we'll start at chapter 16. Chapter 16 is where, just for, this is our background, right? We're going to get to the sermon in a second, but this is our background. And chapter 16 is where Hagar and Ishmael, we know this story. What happens? Right? That, what happens? Somebody gets, in, that, thank you for saying that. Somebody gets impatient. I know you didn't say that. Somebody gets impatient with God's plan and decides to concoct their own. Who, who was the one? Not, 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 y'all not going to talk to me because there's not enough men in here. But who was the one who concocted the plan? So who did what now? It was the wife. She did what? Huh? Huh? Now, 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 that doesn't mean we don't listen to you, but there are some times when we ought to stop and say, no, 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 no. This ain't it. The problem is we know that y'all ain't going to listen to no, 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 no. We're going to do this anyway. So she concocts a plan. Hagar and Ishmael are now a part of that story in a different way they were before. Well, Ishmael wasn't born, but Hagar is now a part of the story in a different way, right? That's chapter 16, right? We, we, we understand what's happening when they do that. Uh, and then in, 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 in chapter 17, I, I don't have time to really jump all these chapters, right? But in chapter 17, God establishes his personal covenant with Abram and then changes his name. So, so now Abram has interpersonal relationship with God, one-on-one -on -one time with God. God spends time with him, right? Kind of like when he talked about it in, in, in Genesis in, 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 when, when God would come down and, and walk with Adam in the cool of the evening, right? Uh, that type of walking with, that's why God could say, where are you? Not because he didn't know where he was, but because this was our scheduled appointment and you're late. Where are you, right? Okay, again, hold on to the servant. 17, right? He establishes the personal covenant. In, in chapter 18, uh, oh, I'm sorry, let me go back, and, and also because this is important. In 17, Abraham then, uh, as a sign of the covenant, a sign of the covenant, Abraham circumcises his whole house. Now, that's more uh, for the brothers. Uh, yeah. Especially as a grown man, for another man to say, now's the time. 
that's when you'd want to say, no, 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 no. No, you miss God. Brother Abram, Abraham, I don't care what you're calling yourself these days. That there, sir, is not of God. He establishes the covenant with God and, God, and Abraham says, in this establishment, I'm willing to show you how far we'll go. That is enough to let you know how serious a relationship this was. We should be able, now, and that goes on, and a lot of women going, phew, so glad I ain't got to deal with that. Uh, but, but we do have to circumcise this. And, 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 and being a male who, uh, I ain't tell all my business, but you know, I didn't get no say in the matter. Uh, I was a baby when it happened. Uh, I did ask my mother, you know, if she could have waited and asked me, I would have politely told her no. Uh, but a, a man who is circumcised, I can tell you that, that even though I didn't experience it fully, uh, this is much harder than the other part. Being honest about what this is capable of and choosing to cut off what it longs for. what it was created with. I'm not trying to dispel anybody's theology, but we have to understand that good and evil, God says he created them all. This is hard to circumcise. But when you really lay it down. All right, we got a lot to get through in a little time. Yep, a little time. Verse 18, this, I'm sorry, chapter 18, let's go on to chapter 18. God promises an heir to his parents who are over 90 years of age, right? And uh, our beloved Sarah, who got her name changed, uh, she proceeds to answer uh, the word of the Lord with a small little chuckle. <laughs> Surely the Lord can't be serious. Anybody know why she laughed? Anybody? Anybody? Why'd she laugh? Because she was going to have a child? Because she was old? Because she was what? She didn't believe. The scripture says, shall I have pleasure? Now, I, I didn't put it up on the thing, but it, it, read, read your Bible. She laughed because she was figuring she wasn't going to get none at her age. Really, she was laughing at Abraham. Wasn't no blue pills back then, y'all. Huh? Huh? Now, I know there's natural remedies for that, you know, for those of us that use a little extra help, you know, whatever you got to do. But what, what, no, hey, let me go to the drugstore, make sure we make this happen. No. In her mind, shall I, now, 90-some-year-old, shall I have pleasure? <laughs> no, God, he got to be. We're stacking this stuff on. And after these things, 19, stick a strong pen in chapter 19. Abraham shows up and reminds God. I'm going to read this before our hearing real quick. 19, verse 27, uh, it says, And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. 
When, then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. And he saw and behold the smoke of the land, which went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. Abraham shows up to the place he normally shows up to meet with God. That's called prayer. Not the physical location, the heart posture. Prayer. He shows up and God remembers, ah, Lot's back in Sodom after Abraham already freed him from Sodom in some of the earlier chapters. Why do you watch soap operas when the Bible has enough to entertain you? Listen, Mari Povich, Judge Judy, ain't got nothing, right? He, Lot had already gotten saved by Abraham and the whole, gotten saved, removed and then went back. And Abraham's like, all right, well, but because of Abraham's relationship with God, God remembered Lot. We like to just focus on the fact that Lot's wife turned to a pill of salt. Yeah, well, I'm going to be good. Uh, but the whole beautiful thing about that arrangement is that we think oftentimes uh, I, used to, I used to question when, when the song, you know, some, the, uh, my mother prayed for me, kept me on her mind, took the time and prayed for me. I'm so glad she prayed. I'm so glad she prayed. I'm so glad she prayed for me. And I'm like, well, she could pray all she wants, but whatever I do is what I do. But God remembered. So some of us are here now because somebody else stayed consistent in their meeting with God. And no matter the foolishness that we were participating in, being freed from what we've been freed from, what we've been saved from, what we've been delivered from, what we've been removed from, and God still kept us because he remembered. Who are you praying for? Okay, we got to move. I ain't even got to the text yet. Uh, chapter 20. Abraham lies to Abim. Lies to Abimelech about Sarah being his wife. The problem with this is, before that, he lied to Pharaoh about what? Sarah being his wife. Small pattern. But after these things, 21, Isaac is born. You know that wonderful idea I had, baby, about sending you in there to Hagar so we can have uh, us an a, a heir to the throne and somebody to, you know, give our stuff to and, and somebody that God will favor and love on. Uh, well, I done changed my mind because I saw him doing what boys do, you know, playing around and picking on my boy now. And since we got our own, uh, you got to kick that other one out. It was a good idea at the time, and I, I, I know, but you let me do it, so now I need you to do this. 
They got to go. Here's, here's why we did all of that work. And after these things, 22 verse 1 says what? Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. Ain't you seen where God, Abraham has, has kind of failed enough tests? Been tested enough? The man done had to cut off part of his body, lied and saved people that shouldn't have been saved, took people with them that shouldn't have gone with them. But it was still after all those things, God thought Abraham enough to be tested. Here's the blessing in this. We think God loves me enough to bless me. No, that's who God is. God is blessing. He, here, not that he's blessing me. God is blessing, equals to blessing. No S, blessing. That is who God is. And because it's who God is, I reap the benefits of him being a God who is blessing. But there is a blessing in the test. Because God does not tempt us because temptation he knows we would succumb to. Listen, if God is who God says he is, all-knowing, all-powerful, right? And I know my own proclivities. I'm going to be vulnerable with you here for a moment. I know that if that moment happens and comes where I am tempted, then God's not going to bring me a five foot ten, you know, 98 pounds, straight up and down, beautiful woman. She's beautiful to somebody. Just not my preference. I would not be tempted. Whatever she presented, however she presented it, God bless you. But if, she hap if he happens to bring somebody who looks like my wife, now I ain't gonna give measurements because y'all get sensitive with that kind of stuff. And she watching, hey baby. But if I could set a drink on something. <laughs> if, if, if her body responds just as she puts her foot down. <laughs> now you messing with me. So if God is going to tempt me. Wouldn't he tempt me with what he knows I'm going to go for? Because he's not going to fail. So if he tempts, he gonna win. So a temptation is different than a test. Now, have you ever heard that phrase, uh, uh, the teacher is always blank during the test? Quiet, quiet. Hold on to that. The 
teacher is always quiet during the test. Now, it came to pass after these things that God did test Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. God's been calling some of your names today, uh, and all he's simply waiting for is for you to say, here I am. Now, you may not like what comes after the here I am, but because he is blessing, you will reap the benefit of answering, here I am. What are we talking about today? In the flow. How can you be in the flow of worship? Why is worship necessary? Pastor Tyler talked last week, and I was so glad when I heard him say it. Worship is not about songs, not about music. The beautiful thing about worship is it does not include an instrument or a song at all. Why do you call yourself a worship leader? I actually don't. I don't. I'm an awareness prompter. Right? I'm just to make sure that you're aware that, yep, right there. We should stay right there. But what should I do right there? Well, stay a little longer and you'll figure it out. But let's not move from right there. Worship leader is a misnomer. To lead you in worship means you're waiting for me to do what you need to be doing. An, an, an awareness prompter goes, hey, oh, it's time. And everybody gets what belongs to them. We're in the flow, trying to understand worship. Thank you, Pastor Talib, for saying worship is obedience. Absolutely beautiful, right? This scriptural text is the first time that the word worship is introduced into the Bible. Worship itself as a concept, as a word defined, has not been until this moment, until this story. And there's no instruments. There's no dancing. There's no singing. There's no hymn. There's no praise team. There's no choir. How then is it worship? Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. It's worship because what this is entitled is how much does worship cost you? You want to be in the flow? Then how much does worship cost you? How much does this cost? Well, you, I, I, man, I just gave my offering. And, and, you know, I'm working through this tithe thing. You know, keep working. Um, you know, but I'm not talking about tithe and offering. Because if you also notice that this worship encounter didn't include tithe and offering, but it did cost. So what does this cost you? Let me tell you what it cost one man, and maybe you'll find yourself in this as we bring this thing home. I ain't got much longer. Ah, oh, yeah, stay with me, a couple more minutes. What did this cost one man? 
In, in chapter 22, after we find all these things that are stacked upon, stacked upon, after these things, we, we see where his journey has brought him. We find him now in, 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 in this chapter. This is where God chooses to introduce a concept that up until this point had yet to be planned, yet to be pinned, yet to be discovered. And this worship, go with me if you will, as we just talked about this wonderful woman of God who had done great and mighty things and even, you know, got in front of God's plan and said, hey, uh, take Hagar, she can be my, my, uh, my um, surrogate. That wasn't the word I was going to say, thank you. Uh, I was going a little stronger, but thank God for the pastors. All right. Um, listen, listen. <laughs> this lady, this wonderful woman of God had done what she had done, and now here she is um, trying to figure out the next move. Uh, what did it cost this one man? Think about what worship costs emotionally. Now, the scripture, the text does not give us the answer, nor even raises the question. But knowing what we know about their relationship, do you think there was or was not a conversation with Sarah about what Abraham had planned to do? What did he plan to do? We like to make it sound nice and pretty. He was going to sacrifice Isaac because God told him. No, he was going to kill his son. Mothers... If the father comes in to you, says, baby, I got a word from the Lord and includes killing our child. What would that cost you emotionally? We don't talk about often that emotional cost, but it does cost something to obey God. Now, you will not be broken and unhealed but it will cost, what does it cost? It costs you your obedience. This is not what I want to do. God, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Then I will go. Now, we don't know whether he had the conversation or not, but I can almost guarantee you, being that she had her own deciding ways about how God was going to do what God was going to do, there might have been a small conversation had he mentioned it in passing, I'm pretty sure he was passive aggressive at that moment. Baby, I got to go on this trip. I'm going to take these two boys. I'm going to take Isaac, and uh, we'll be back in a few. Where are you going? Uh, I, I ain't sure yet. Now, he ain't lied yet. I, I ain't sure yet. I'll know when I get there. Okay, what y'all going to do when you get? We going to worship. We're going to go make a sacrifice. All right, well, I noticed we ain't got no lambs back in the back, so uh, what you going to take with you? Well, you know, God going to provide himself. And uh, might have to put Isaac up there, too. What? <laughs> cost us emotionally. What else does it cost? Not only does it cost us emotionally, it also costs us physically. In verse, in verse 3, it says, uh, who got up early to chop wood? Who was it? Who was it? Who, who was it? Abraham. Now, at this time, Abraham was one of the most wealthiest men in all the land. He had people working for him, people who were with him that didn't work for him, indentured servants, slaves even, if you will. 
So he had plenty of people who could get up and chop the wood. By show of hands, how many of you have ever chopped wood in your life? One, two, three, four. That's a lot more than I thought. Five, six. Good job. That's amazing. Did you use a maul or an actual splitting axe? Or Sorry, never mind. Uh, so I chop wood. Um, now, I've never chopped down a tree itself, but I have um, gone to Facebook Marketplace and got them free wood that people give away, go pick it up, bring it back to my house, and I split it with my own six to eight pound maul in the backyard. And I want you to know that that is not an easy task. It's a good workout. But he rose up when? Early. After having a conversation with God to say, hey, this is what I need you to do. This is where I need you to go directionally. And when you get close, I'll let you know you're getting close. But go that way. Go yonder, my boy. And I, I'll let you know when you... But, but, but this is what's got to... Okay. He didn't say... Notice God didn't say, I want you to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. He didn't have that kind of list. God said, I want you to do this. And I, Abraham said, okay, in order to do this, I've got to do A, B, C... And then he went on a little step further and said, God asked me to do it. He didn't reassign it. Oh. God's asked you to do something and you think you need a mentee. I'm going to drink this water right here. I'm going to drink this. Blue water. Um, you think you need somebody you can tell to do what God told you to do. Because that's the thing we do now. You need somebody to carry your something because God gave me an assignment. Well, if he did, baby, I don't see your hands dirty. Not a nan callus anyway. Not a blister. Not a fingernail out of place. Now, I saw a few ladies raise their hands chopping wood. God bless y'all. Right? It's not an easy thing. Your hands get sore. Your arms get tired. And here you are, early in the morning, because God said, go kill. Now, now I got to pause right here. I got to pause right here. God told you to kill what you waited. Ninety-something years for. God told you to kill not only what you waited for, what he promised you you would have. You finally have it, he told you to kill it, and you get up when you want to. Or that day, you having cramps, so you don't get up. You sore and tired, brother, so, so you don't get up. No, Abraham got up early, chopped the wood. What else did it cost him physically? Later on in the story, they walk for three days. Here's what, a lot of times we don't pay attention to the detail. How many donkeys were present? How many people? Abraham, Isaac, and the two boys. How many donkeys? How many people? Who carried the wood? So who rolled what? Y'all park. You won't even park. You will circle the 
the parking lot. You're at the grocery store and you have a cart. You have the option of having a cart and you will circle the parking lot for somebody who's pulling out next to the handicap spot. But two rows down, there's a 511 parking spot. And they walk three days, one way. See, you got to think about the. We don't think about finishing. We only think of the trauma or the trouble or the effort to start, which is why a lot of us don't start much. And even few of us, even fewer of us, finish. That one hurt me. That was your past, I can't tell this. You see me catch myself? I was supposed to say shush, but I didn't want y'all to meet me in the back and beat me down. That's my brother, so I... He wants me to do something tonight. God ain't said the same, so... But I ain't listening to him or God at this point. So he, he didn't lie, he didn't lie when he said I don't listen to him, he wasn't lying. He wasn't lying. But I tell him to keep talking. I do, t I say, brother, don't stop talking to me. Please don't stop talking. But I ain't listening. I got other stuff to do. I got other stuff. Come on. Cost him emotionally, cost him physically. Chopping wood, three-day walk. He had to build the altar. You know what the problem with us being so far removed from the imagery of what happened in the Bible is that we don't understand what these actual words mean and what they actually look like. We think the altar is these nice little pillows that, that Nicole carried. You know, that's about all she can carry, you know. But if we talk about putting up some big old bricks, some, some, I'm talking about some stone. I'm talking about heavy stuff, heavy stuff to build and arrange in enough so that the fire could be hot enough to consume whatever's put on it. And it still stand after the fire has consumed. Those were the monuments that God was here. So when we say build your altar, oh, okay, I got, he had to build the altar of stone, he had to arrange the wood. This is all physical labor. And again, we have the cart, we still circle. It cost him financially, three day round trip. He couldn't stop by Costco and get a bunch of uh, waters to take with him. Right? He had to fill his water jugs as best he could and then meet as best he could, hunt for that which he did not have for the journey. Cost, listen, but not just for him, he also had to feed the donkey, had to feed the two boys, had to feed Isaac. Anybody tried to feed some children nowadays? That costs. So, so while you're thinking, I gave in the offering, God's saying, I still require financially from you. And this ain't going to sit pretty. This ain't going to sit pretty at all. Especially, uh, this ain't going to sit pretty. 
This is not, this is not going to sit pretty. Not. But I thank y'all for trusting me. Listen. If, big if, but I know everybody in here is mature enough not to do this. If you stopped giving in the offering, there would still be a cost. Even though you gave in the offering, there's still a cost. So what does that mean? That means if you do the simple math, you giving in the church offering has nothing to do with the cost of what God has called you to do. That is what Pastor Ty says, if you take care of God's house. But there's still a cost for your house. Cost them emotionally, cost them physically, cost them financially, cost them security-wise. Cost them security. Y'all got great security around here. They just happen to be my friends. Um, I love them dearly. Uh, but you got great security. Uh, you take four able-bodied men from your household, and what happens to the security of your home where you leave your wife? Does it decrease slightly? But if God is the giver of life, can he not secure it in the time he's asking you to give of him? Cost him emotionally, cost him physically, cost him financially, cost him security. And here's where we're really going to bust this thing wide open. It cost him by action and obedience. You know, we like to come to church, we like to, to drain every bit an ounce of anointing out of the pastors and worship leaders and ushers and greeters and musicians and finance people that we can and not do nothing the rest of the week. But it cost him faith and obedience. Oh, okay, you, you're still not catching it. Let's, let's say it this way. It cost him to do something and to worship. So action, obedience, faith, and worship. Action, faith. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? Faith without is action, faith, obedience, worship. The word in Hebrew, and I didn't put it up here because this, if it was Bible study, we'd do a little something different. But, but for this, the, the Hebrew word that's used in this uh, occurrence, the first time worship happens, is the only time that Hebrew word is ever used in the scripture. Look it up for yourself. It is the only time it's used. And what does it mean to bow? to bow. The problem is, most of us bow like this. Now, I, I'm in love, enthralled with Asian culture. I, if, if I could move to Japan right now, I would move. Y'all would never see me again, and I would come back, konnichiwa. <laughs> Where's Eric at in Japan? 
I, I love Asian culture. And one of the things that I, I learned about their culture early on is the significance and difference of how they bow. The bow matters to whom I'm bowing. Are, are you, kept, you, you, you with me? To, to, to bow and keep eye contact. I, I don't trust you. I, I don't know you. I want to respect you, but I also need to protect me. That, that, that's how you bow when you just want to be cordial. Oh, let me put it in our terms. Do, 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 do. Hey, girl, how you doing? That's good. I was just calling to let you know that uh, you didn't even let me answer the question because you don't really care about the answer. You just need your needs met. I'm bowing because I really don't respect you. I don't know you. But whatever we're meeting for, I need what you have. And then it goes down to second level. I can then bow and, and put my face to the ground. And in doing so, I take my eyes off of you, the person I'm meeting with. Direct contact now goes, I trust you with my presence and my safety. Right? Yet, I'm still able to, if things go awry, still get in a defensive position. Still be able to do what's needed. I'm still present. But the bow that this is talking about, I am at my most vulnerable with my face to the ground, with my forehead on the ground with me not being able to see what's coming, what's going. I have put myself, I have surrendered to whoever I'm present with. And it never mentions this same Hebrew definition ever again. And I asked God, I said, why? Why would you do that? Introduce me to a concept and then never repeat it. And he said, because you have to mature to get there. And in that maturity, it's going to cost you way more. Nobody in this room could consider giving me their child to kill. Nobody. There's not a single person in here that if I said, I need your child, and what I'm going to do with your child is slit your child's throat, the carotid artery or the femoral, so they'll bleed out fast. But I need it to be bloody, and I need it to happen. May I? That's why that worship only happened once. And it was foreshadowing of what was to come. 
what Jesus was going to do for us that we could not do for ourselves. What did it cost this one man? What? What did it cost him? What did it cost him that he would now find himself at the brink of putting his faith into action? What Abraham heard, he acted on early and immediately. Why? Because a lot of times we talk ourselves out of doing what we know we heard God say. And if you wait, you'll convince yourself that that wasn't God, it was gas. It, it can be gas sometimes and it feels like God. But gas passes. God passes by. Y'all hide me in the cleft of the rock. You, you, okay, all right. So, so as we come to a close, in the flow, here's, here's we're going to stick our pen and, and, and wrap this thing up, tie it up, tangle it up. Verse 9 of chapter 22. Then they came to the place of where God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood, where he put his son on the wood. And Abraham stretched, if I was preaching a sermon to young folk, you know, my daughter, bless her, I love her. Love you, bug. My daughter is still working through her understanding that when, when daddy says, do, is not the time to ask, well, are you sure? Or what else can we negotiate? Or No, because there may come a time where I need you to say, stay here, don't move. And it could be a matter of life and death. Can you imagine Isaac after he carried the wood, after they stopped? And he's like, he's like uh, 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 Abraham said, Abraham said, y'all chill here. Me and Isaac going to go worship and we'll be back. Oh, yeah, uh, Isaac, get the wood. Y'all got to understand, he's not carrying a couple sticks in his pocket. He got wood on his back that the donkey carried. Enough for a significant bonfire on an altar is now on Isaac's back. We often preach this text, and we make Isaac this little boy who's very compliant. No, Isaac is probably in his late 20s, early 30s, and he's a strapping man. Could take his daddy with probably one hand tied behind his back. But when his daddy said, come here, I need to tie you up, I, Isaac said, okay. Why did he do that? Because back in verse 7 or 8, uh, Isaac said, Daddy, I see the fire. I see the wood. But where's the sacrifice? Why is this important? He had been to worship before. And he knew what worship required. So he knew what was missing. The problem with most of us is we won't take our children. Oh, we, we, we won't take them through the hard conversations about what really is and what really, oh, there's so much I could say right there. We'd rather them be raised by devices. Oh, y'all, y'all yeah. act funny with me, huh? 
you, you, you'd rather, I, I know it's hurting. I, I know it hurts. I know it hurts. My daughter still don't have a cell phone, and she might not get one until she's 78, but that's okay. The whole point of it is, she has an iPad for school, right, that, that she very rarely gets to use. Uh, but that's because I want to raise her. I don't want YouTube or TikTok, right? Now, she knows of those things. She's not ignorant. Her friends talk about it at school. She comes home, but she don't play Fortnite. She, she don't play, what's the other one? Uh, Roblox. She don't play that. No, no, no. You mean you can get a bunch of kids in a room unsupervised and adults can come in and talk to my child? Oh, no. No, 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 ma'am, no, sir. But daddy, everybody's playing it. God bless everybody. So maybe you could talk to them about how their game went. But you will not be on this. But that's because I peeked over her shoulder to figure out what she was doing very early on. So now she's working through, daddy said no, daddy said go. Let's go. Hurry. Let's move. But daddy, why are you always hurrying me? Because if there's an opportunity that hurrying is what you need and you can't hurry at my voice, what happens when God needs to get your attention? Isaac's a strong man. All right, Pop, we got, we got the altar set up. I, I done watched you. Because... Abraham did all of the work. Why did he bring the two boys? Just in case what? In case it went south. I'd like to think, now the scripture don't tell me, this is my Holy Ghost imagination. I'd like to think that he brought the two boys just in case on the way he could convince God to swap one of them out. <laughs> that ain't a bad idea, right? Because they didn't do nothing. They didn't chop no wood. They didn't saddle the donkey. They didn't carry no wood. Now, now watch this. I've heard somebody preaching where well, they went to be witnesses. To what? The donkey taking a boo-boo? Because they didn't go nowhere. They stayed with the donkey. Sometimes you need to let the people who go, oh, oh, oh. Sometimes, I was going to say the three-letter word, but I'm not going to. This ain't my church. But sometimes you need to let the, 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 the donkey hold on to them people. Huh? You need to let the donkey hold on to those people who really, truly mean nothing to the journey. Who do nothing for you. Who are only there for the... If there was ever two people in the Bible who could equate to only being alone for the ride, it's them two boys. What you here for? I'm just here. That is the epitome of, this is why I abhor, this is why I go, now I'm probably, I'll be honest, I'm probably more on the opposite side, way more. I, I've, I've, I've tried to overcorrect to the point where I do a bad job of letting people help me. I, I can admit that. I can admit that. But this is the definition of entourage and it sickens my stomach. You want an entourage to do what? At what point do you realize that God does not hold your entourage accountable for your assignment? But you can't go to church unless somebody carrying your Bible. That you ain't open. That you ain't read. That you don't know. 
that you ain't hid in your heart, that you ain't studied to show yourself approved unto God. We always miss that part. We leave it out. I studied to show myself approved. To who? Who you approving to? Your pastor? Excuse me. Wrong audience. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Yet here we are with entourages. Here we are with people who, I'm submitted, that's my father in the spirit. It's my spiritual father, my spiritual mother. To do what? You don't even respect your natural mother. Oh, I know I'm stepping, okay, I'm sorry. Lord, this is not what you at. I didn't see it like this, God. I didn't see it like this. What it cost them. So how can I live in the flow? Thank you for asking. Verse 10, and Abraham stretched out his knife, stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. There are three things that you need to do. Three things you need to do. Really? That went fast. Three things you need to do in order to live in the flow. Don't rush the preparation. Don't rush the preparation. What God asks you to do, you're going to have to prepare to do. Two, I gotta move. Don't replace the requirement. He asked for your son, don't give him one of the boys you brought with you. But you can disconnect in your mind and call him a lad to help you get through the process. But the requirement is the requirement. Three, don't rearrange the location. Where he sends you is just as important as why he sent you. I just got recently asked to come and be an awareness prompter at a gathering that's open and affirming to a different lifestyle. And my traditional mind said something so different than what God responded. And, and upon counsel, we all ended up with what God said. Now, we need to be careful, and I'm going to be very careful, not because I'm scared of the movement or I think, you know, I'm going to be blacklisted. That's not, I, I want to be careful because people need exactly what I get. The same grace I get, they get. Same mercy, theirs. Same choice to salvation, theirs. Everybody's. Their proclivity is no different than my proclivity. It's just a different proclivity. They lean one way, I lean a different way, but we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When I was in my darkness, how did I know that light could ever heal me if light never came to my dark place? So, so I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stand strong, I'm gonna stand tall and do what God instructed me to do. Hug on people, love on people, 
just like I do when I'm here in other places, then I'm going to go back to my life. But I, I don't get to rearrange the location. So don't rush the preparation. Don't replace the requirement. Don't rearrange the location. What do you worship? What do you worship? And what does it cost you? Say that again. What do you worship? And what does it cost you? How committed are you to living in the flow of worship to God? And what does flow mean? Thank you again for asking. First, living obediently, willingly. I will first live obedient. What's the definition of worship? Obedience. So I will first live my worship out willingly. Everybody gets a choice. Everybody gets a choice. What are you choosing? Abraham, as I close, was so committed to God and what God had called him to do that God had to dispatch angels to get his attention. Uh, I know you don't believe me. Okay. Uh, uh, verse 11. 22, 22, 11. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here am I. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Why is this important? Why is this important? It's important because up until that point, verse 1, what did it say? And now it came to pass after these things that God tested who? And said directly to Abraham. Abraham was so focused on making sure that he completed his assignment that God didn't just say he dispatched. Okay, you've got an assignment that God wants you to do. You need to be so focused on that assignment that he's got to dispatch angels to keep you from dangers unseen. Otherwise, you'd be too nosy watching them. You want to be in the flow? What do you worship? Or as Pastor Talbot would say, what do you love? And after you've defined what, do you, what you love, what are you willing to do? I love you, God. I love you, Jesus! I worship and adore you! I just want to give you lip service. one of my problems with that song.
because it only stops at telling them. What will you do? Bow your heads. Woo! God, we thank you. Thank you that because of these things, you have not separated yourself from us. Everything, every time we've come up short, we've fallen short, we've got it wrong. Even the times we've did it right, we were successful, you still are present. You are a very present help in every time of trouble. Whether it's trouble for me getting it wrong or trouble from me doing it right and thinking I did it by myself. So God, I pray now that in this moment, we would actually be honest about where we are on this journey of, of jumping in to the flow. Understanding that my obedient life is more worship than ever could be my participation in a song. And when I'm ready, when I'm willing, when I'm, when I'm doing my best, I still need your help. God, help me to understand that what it costs me, you've already supplied. <laughs> Thank you for supplying all of my need according to your riches and glory. God, we need you emotionally. We need you physically. We need you financially. We need you security. We need you to live out our faith and our obedience. That we might do this life with you. Thank you, Father. Get the glory in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. For more ways to stay connected, visit us at allnationsaurora.com. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and change the world.